Hey everybody, this is Rob from the Caffeine Crew cast of Pods and DC Primetime, and I'm here to tell you something that you should definitely be doing if you haven't done so already, and that is heading over to www.nextlevelradioonline.com. There's a ton of other great podcasts on the network if you haven't checked them out already, such as From Panels to Pixels, Two Fat Dudes, What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero, uh, an upcoming Lost Revisited podcast, uh, in addition to our flagship show, The Showcast Spotlight, which is about to probably get ready to kick off its brand new season of celebrity interviews. Great shows like The Melting Pat, Primetime Fantasy Football, and Con Talk. So whatever your interest is, there's definitely something for you at Next Level Radio Online. Make sure to check them out, like them, review them, share. Thank you guys so much for all of your years of support. Now, back to the show. Well, Poop and Plants, right. I loved the name. I I just loved the name. Miss Poop and Plants, obviously an old maid, a spinster. Obviously a woman who probably had never had a beau or a male friend, just the dog <laughs> and her music. But she was a sweet old bitch. <laughs> <laughs> The following program contains violence, disturbing imagery, nudity, and, oh my God, why are you even watching this? Just run away. This shit is going to give you nightmares. For real. Nightmares where you are running naked on a treadmill made of razor blades, and your third grade teacher is pointing and laughing at you. The end of an era. Well, I'm sure most of you have noticed that it hasn't been since March that I last recorded a podcast entry for the Bats, Bows, and Books podcast. And some of you have been aware of the decision I've been trying to come to an end with. So, as of June 1st, 2018, the Bats, Bows, and Books podcast will be no longer available to stream or to download. I'm closing up shop on the project, and it's time to move on. Now, obviously, many of you already follow me on my other project, which is this one, What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero. And you can rest assured that this project is staying right where it is. Matter of fact, it is the project I'm currently putting most of my time into, and I do hope to have that project grow into something special. Other projects, well, I kind of have mulling in my brain right now, but what lurks behind Podcast Zero is the primary endeavor I'm keeping my focus on. But let's face it, this podcast would not even be in existence if it wasn't for the Bats, Bows, and Books podcast. 
and that is one thing I will never forget. Without that podcast, the listeners and the supporters of the show, and the lessons that came with that podcast, I may have never found my voice in the podcasting world. Through uh, Bats, Bows, and Books, I found a way to relay my thoughts on unimportant matters, uh, but to a collective mass. And it helped me to deal with other issues I sometimes didn't even realize I had. Aside from that, it also allowed me to express love and admiration for the little things in life I enjoyed. Comic books, vinyl records, horror movies, Batman and the Green Arrow, and so much more. I was able to be me. You heard me laugh on that podcast. You heard me cry on that podcast. I've ranted and I've reminisced. I opened up a side of me that uh, many don't get a chance to see very often. And because of this, in many ways, I've come to find myself at a more peaceful and better place. That's what that podcast did for me. But the time has come to move on. Uh, But that's not to be experienced in sadness. Uh, Better things will come in the future. And who knows? Maybe one day that podcast will reopen its doors. But for now, I say thank you to everyone, all of you who were so great to me during my time doing that podcast. Um, Please follow me on this project as I uh, learn and I will continue to rave and rant my mind thoughts of lunacy. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you to all who believed in me, even when I wasn't sure I believed in myself. Although that door may be closing, the sky's the limit for how many more may open. And that was more or less the message that I uh, typed out and posted on the Bats, Bows, and Books podcast uh, Facebook page. It's been almost two years since I started that podcast, and uh, it's been quite a journey. Uh, like, and I, I've talked about it before, even on this podcast, you know, and I've talked about it with, uh, like, uh, Ben and, uh, Jeff and whatnot about like, you know, when I first started podcasting, I had like the shittiest microphone. I had no mixer. I had no fucking clue what I was doing. All I knew was talk and hit record, which you would think, you know, podcasting, that's pretty much what it is. But there was so much that I didn't know, uh, <laughs> learning how to like edit, Uh, I remember, I think it was episode 12 of the Bats, Bows, and Books podcast. That was the episode I did on Batman Arkham Origins, my favorite game of the Arkham series, I might add. And anyways, I remember that I was finally discovering how to add sound bites. And (laughs) that that episode's kind of messy. I go back and listen to it now. I'm like, yeah, it was just kind of plopping a sound bite here and a sound bite there. Nothing really made sense, but it was just me learning. Uh, and I look at like where I'm at now, you know, doing like full trailers and adding songs at the end of episodes, uh, which was an idea I kind of stole from a podcast that I love very much. Say you love Satan. Yeah. And you know what? I have to, I have to also reflect on that and the fact that podcasting has opened up a lot of friendships for me that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Uh, I mean... I've I've told the story, I think it was my second episode of this podcast, uh, where I was uh, mentioning about how, you know, my friend Rosie, you know, introduced me to podcasts. Uh, I I really didn't listen to a lot of podcasting uh, prior to meeting Rosie. 
I think I heard like one or two and I was kind of like, okay, it's like talk radio. Who cares? And I remember the episode she got me hooked on was, <laughs> it was Hollywood Babylon. Kevin and uh, Ralph were uh, reading, um, doing voices, but they were reading basically Batman meets the Green Hornet. No, not Green Hornet. Which one was that? No, it was Batman Cacophony. That's what it was. Batman Cacophony. And Ralph was doing voices to the character, uh, like the characters in the in the um, the story. And I remember he did the Joker as Ed Wynn. And my God, I must have pissed myself laughing over and over at that episode. And that's kind of what drew me in. I, you know, most people, well, I shouldn't say most, but quite a few podcasters will tell you that Kevin Smith was kind of their, you know, their entry into podcasting. And I mean, he promotes it quite a bit, you know, get your friends together and record a podcast. Now, I'm not sitting here crying the blues about, oh, I don't have friends. Of course I have friends, but I'm a very independent person. So naturally, when I started podcasting, I was like, I'm doing this by myself, uh, which has proven uh, to be challenging at times. Other times it's come very easy to me. It all depends and whatnot. But uh, getting back to my story so I don't stray off too far. So, you know, Rosie introduced me to, you know, podcasts and I start getting hooked and I, you know, before I knew it, I was listening to like Nerdist, Hollywood Babylon, Fat Man on Batman and um, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's Star Talk and, and like just different podcasts started like appealing to me. And then I decide I'm going to start my own. And through Rosie, I had met Anne. I've, I've told this story before. We met at Fan Expo and whatnot. And Anne has her own little Facebook group for all us uh, CW Arrow fans, which, you know, got to say quickly, season finale was not horrible. It was pretty good. Um, There's some things I could have nitpicked, but all in all, considering the season that show had, it was a nice way to end off. So I'm looking forward to next season. But moving on. So Anne, this one day, decides she's going to promote her friends and their projects that they're doing. So she promotes my podcast. She promotes her nephew's uh, podcast, Free Your Geek, Jeff, who I've had on the show. And then she promoted DC Primetime that was done by Ben Beck and Rob Martin of this network, Next Level Network. And that's how I got to know Ben and Rob was through Anne. And, you know, long story short, obviously, you know, I'm now on the Next Level Network uh, with Ben and Rob and many other podcasters and it all it all stem back from that but prior to Anne kind of helping me out where did it technically start for me was the bats the bo- <laughs> I can't even say my own podcast name the bats bows and books podcast which even in that the name of the podcast was a bit of a lesson for me <laughs> because I remember I would, my first podcast, I'm like, I want it to stand out. It's got to have a unique name. And, of course, I think up a name that, like, nobody can get right. <laughs> and the amount of, uh, like, I've heard, like, books, bats, and bows, uh, bows and bats and books. And, like, people, I get it. It, it. It's a hard name to remember. And so looking back, that was something that definitely I was like, okay, got to learn from that, you know. Uh, and, I mean, at times I even considered just changing the name of the podcast but I knew that that could cause problems as well because there were, you know, listeners that I had that tuned in every week. And it's like, if I if I change the name of the podcast for any new listeners, they're going to be completely fucked up as to, you know, why the old podcasts say this and the new podcasts say that. And not to mention, 
anyone that was, you know, a, a fan of the show already would be like, okay, now where am I going? So I knew I couldn't change the name of the podcast like midway through it and whatnot. And, you know, the, just looking back, like there was, there's so many lessons I've learned from it that have led to me being able to do this at, you know, a better start. And I know that this podcast is going to change as it goes on. I know that there's going to be new things I add in, things I take out and whatnot. I mean, you've, you've even noticed already, like within this episode, it's starting off differently. I, I'm reflecting back on Bats, Bows and Books. Um, the news segment now is going to be at the end of the episode because I realized sometimes when I do the news, there are certain people that don't want to know things. Like, okay, castings and what movies are coming out. Yeah, people are like, okay, whatever. But if you read a synopsis or you say, you know, about an interview that happened or whatnot, sometimes people can be like, I didn't want to know that. And now because it's at the beginning of the episode, I'm kind of fucked. So I kind of realized that and it's like, okay, so the news is going to be at the end of the episode now. Uh, The films I've watched segment and Lurker's recommendation will be in the opening segment now. They'll be kind of like the, you know, the... Kind of the laid back of, hey, yo, I shot the, you know, I, I, I pissed away a weekend watching this and, you know, I shot the shit talking to this person about the movie and stuff like that. That's kind of what I want the opening part of the show to be from now on. It's just like kind of laid back and, you know, hey, by the way, I saw this fucking movie. Go out and see it or don't go and see it, you know. Um, so, but, you know, the Bats, Bows and Books podcast, it, it, it's one that's always going to be dear to my heart. I have all 56 episodes saved on a hard drive. I will never delete them. I will never get rid of them. As a matter of fact, I think I have them on two hard drives just to make sure I had a backup. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that's where I started. That's where the whole fucking thing came together. And it's it's opened so many doors for me, not only through Next Level Network, but just friends that podcast in general. Um, you know, like I, I, you've heard me mention it before, Say You Love Satan. I... I'm friends with all four members now through Instagram. And as a matter of fact, this week they're recording an episode that I sponsored. Um, so if you see their episode for Transylvania 65,000, that's me. Uh, <laughs> everyone wanted the fly. You know, they, they mentioned Jeff Goldblum and every, all their listeners are like, oh, the fly, the fly. No, no, Transylvania 65,000. You're welcome. That movie's so fucking cheesy. I can't wait to hear them tear it apart. But you know, and, and uh, there's through obviously Ben and Rob, you know, and, and Rob was really awesome. I just listened to their most recent DC primetime episode uh, last night while I was at work, actually. And he gave a shout out to Bats, Bows and Books and gave a shout out to me and whatnot. And that meant a lot, you know, because it's weird. Like, I mean, like I've had friendships grow because of podcasting, you know. Uh, we, me and a couple friends, we attempted uh, a podcast called the Nightsiders podcast. It's been one that just uh, four episodes in a year and a half. I mean, it's it just, it's been rough and it's one of those things. Maybe one day we all get our shit together and figure it out, but it's just been one of those things that, you know, it didn't, it didn't happen the way we would have liked it. And that's the thing with podcasting too, is like, you know, learning to accept when things don't work. I've had episodes that, you know, I go back and listen to and I'm like, God damn it. What was I smoking when I did that one? And then there's other episodes where I'm very proud of them and I, I like going back and listening to them. And um, one thing I, I definitely want to mention is my sister, Lisa. You know, she's done, uh, I want to say there's about three or four episodes we did for Bat, uh, the Bats, Bows and Books podcast. She's done one with this podcast and 
you know, like if you if you didn't figure it out from the episodes, obviously, me and my sister get along very well. We're very tight. And she she's always been an absolute pleasure to record with. Sometimes we don't always see eye to eye, like in terms of something as as stupid as it sounds, but Killer Clowns from Outer Space. It's a movie that is very near and dear to my heart. It actually just turned 30 years old on May 20th. And trying to get her to watch this, because it's funny, it's not scary, but she hears Killer Clowns and is like, oh no, I'm not watching that. And You know what I mean? Like It just is funny. But keeping within the topic here, she's been, she was a big supporter of the the Bats, Bows, and Books podcast. She was uh, a guest host on it a couple times. And that's the thing, too. Like, Lisa being one of them, uh, my friend Jeff, uh, another Jeff. Jeff uh, is, like, one of my best friends in the world. He's been very supportive of, of both my podcasts, both this one and Bats, Bows, and Books. Uh, Jacob is another one. And, I mean, like, I, I've had so much support. I've had people backing me up. My mom doesn't listen to these things, but she's always proud to hear me recording them and, you know, is proud to see that, like, it's something I'm passionate about. And that's the thing, too, is Bats, Bows, and Books finally gave me a voice. It gave me a passion. It gave me something that I wanted to do. I really, I, I'm not going to lie, I struggled. You know, it this the decision to close shop on that one has been on the bubble now for probably a good three, four months. Um and I, it comes from a lot of different things. It comes from schedule changes in my life. It comes from the fact of, you know, now I have What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero, which is the project I want to put a lot of focus on right now. Uh, as I mentioned when I was reading you my write-up from uh, the, the the Triple Beef uh, Facebook page, we'll just call it that. But, uh, um, you know, I have other ideas in my mind. There's other things I'd like to possibly do in the future. But for what where I'm at right now with podcasting, it's it's making what lurks behind Podcast Zero successful. It's 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 taking it to the quote unquote the next level. Um, I want to get more listeners. I want to get more involved. I want to be able to do giveaways and contests and you know uh, listener polls and stuff. There's a lot I want to start incorporating. Possibly interviews down the line when I finally stop being you know a shy little motherfucker that is afraid to say, "Hey, will you talk with me?" Um, <laughs> because I'm, I'm extremely shy and that's the thing, you know, through podcasting, it's kind of helped me to learn to not be afraid to say something. I mean, now some of the things that come out of my mouth, it's like, Oh fuck, I shouldn't have said that. But that's the thing. Like it's, it's helped me learn to open up and I wanted to start this episode basically reflecting on, you know, the Bats, Bows, and Books podcast, because that it, it was almost two years of my life that I focused on that thing. And, you know, like I said, like, people have heard me laugh. You heard me cry. Um, i trying to think, what episode was it? Uh, well, the Carrie Fisher one, where I said, you know, I did, like, this, uh, how do you word it? I, wanna, I don't want to say a eulogy. I guess it was kind of a eulogy. Um, but I basically say, you know, like, goodbye to Carrie Fisher. And, like, it was weird because... It didn't bother me as much reading about it, seeing all the love and all that shit. But then to actually say it, it was like, oh, fuck. And I, <laughs> I remember I broke down crying during that episode and the, when I said goodbye to Chris Cornell and uh, Chester Bennington. And it's kind of weird because these are people I don't know personally, but celebrities are like in our lives like every day because 
you watch them on your TV, you listen to them in your earphones or on your radios or whatever. And I remember like, you know, through that podcast, like I kind of learned like, wow, fuck, like I never realized, you know, certain celebrities had been in my life from the day I was born, you know, David Bowie was one, you know, uh, he, he was recording music before I was even thought of. So, <laughs> you know, um, and just, it, that was one of the things that I learned from that. And, you know, like, uh, well, through this, uh, episode, I'll be, uh, mentioning someone who passed away, uh, last week, actually, while I was recording, <laughs> it was kind of weird. It was like, I finished recording, started editing and then read Margot Kidder passed away. I was like, oh, fuck, really? <laughs> It's like, oh no. Um, so yeah, that's one of the news segments at the end of the episode. But um anyways, I, I'm kind of all over the place here and I it it just, you know, I wanted to like I just wanted to have a moment where I kind of reflected back and, you know, kind of ah, what's the right word? Send it off, I guess. I I'm trying to think of a word that's not coming to me and I'm sure there's listeners going, I know what word it is. Um, but, uh, like, you know, just basically send it off. Uh, as of June 1st, the episodes will all be taken down. Uh, they will no longer be online, but that's not to say that you can't hear them. I will, I will always have, um, all 56 episodes. So if there's any, let's say you were a listener of that, uh, of that podcast and you would like one of those episodes and you don't get a chance to download it before it's taken offline, you can always send me a message, you know, shoot me a, a, a letter or whatever through email or on the Facebook page or whatever. I will always gladly share those. Uh, probably not the first episode. It sounds really bad. <laughs> um, no, actually, I, I think it was like the first four episodes I was recording with the like the shittiest fucking microphone. It was like one of those like headset microphone things, but it was like a cheap $10 one I got at Walmart. Oh, God. Yeah, I think I still have it too. That's a scary thing. I don't know what I'd ever use it for, but I still have it. But I guess I have it like for like the whole nostalgia thing of I started podcasting with you, you little piece of shit. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I, I just, I wanted to like just sit back and, you know, it's it's already been about 20 minutes here. I've been, you know, rambling on about this, but it's a big, you know, it's, it's a, a big part of me that's coming to an end, you know, but as I said, like, you know, when I, when I was reading, you know, my write-up, one door may be closing, but the sky's the limit for how many more may open. And that's really the way I'm approaching all of this is that, you know, I, yeah, Bats, Bows, and Books is coming to an end, but that's, it's, it might be the end of an era, but it could be the beginning of something even more greater. Who knows? Um, I know with, uh, with this podcast alone, what lurks behind podcast zero, I, I have a lot of uh, goals with it and a lot of things I want to do with it. And I know that through the next level network, I'm going to be able to do some things I might not have been able to do before. I've got great people surrounding me. I have two r extremely great friends in this network, Ben and Rob, that are always willing to, you know, offer me advice, give me some pointers, you know, and sometimes it's not so much advice or pointers, but just, you know, they're a sounding board for when I'm like, fuck, this isn't going right. Or this is going right. Or, oh my God, did you see that episode last night? What a pisser. <laughs> um, you know, it's it just, it all because I started podcasting July 4th, 2016. And you know, it's what it, I'm recording this May 22nd right now, 
almost two years later and to see how far it's come is just, it's awesome, you know, and I can only imagine where it's going to go from here. So anyways, so that's that. Uh, thank you for letting me talk about it. Um, so we're going to, we're going to do things a little bit differently here. There's no news, no films I've watched. As a matter of fact, I don't even think I'm going to do films I've watched, uh, segment this week because of talking about the bats bows and books podcast but we're going to continue on with our main feature this week which is a really fun one that you probably never saw uh, maybe some of you have it was a direct-to-video release uh, in 1991 uh, a movie called the boneyard and i recently acquired the blu-ray that was just released this year for it and I was I, originally I wasn't gonna do this this as an episode just because it's a very obscure title and a lot of people really don't know of it. But this movie is just too much fun to not talk about, and I kind of want to bring awareness to this movie because it's fucking fun as shit. At least the second half of the film is fucking fun as shit. So we're gonna I I have the trailer lined up, so we're all going to listen to it together as a family. Ah. Okay, no, I'm sounding a little fucking retarded now anyways i know i don't like that word but it's how i sounded <laughs> i never mean it like in the way it's actually supposed to be meant to me growing up like okay he you know how the word i'm gonna drop this one all of a sudden half my listeners are gonna be like he said that fucking word i don't believe it but you know the word cunt okay so over like in europe and shit like that movie just means something like an idiot we're over here, it's like, oh my god, that's total blasphemy. I can't believe you said the word cunt. Oh, you're so horrible. Okay, so anyways, that's kind of how I view the word retarded. When I say retarded, I look at it as meaning like, you know, a fucking idiot. I don't mean it in the sense of someone who actually has, like, you know, mental disabilities and whatnot. Because I myself have mental disabilities, <laughs> as if you couldn't tell. But, I mean, I have epilepsy, I have cerebral palsy, and depression anxiety and the whole fucking nine yards i never talk about it because for me it's like who the fuck cares but <laughs> you know we all got our fucking issues you know I, i'm not a peg leg so i don't have to worry about that not that i have anything against people with peg legs but anyways they might be attractive but no uh anyways I, just kind of trying to explain the whole retarded thing if you ever hear me drop that word i'm not trying to be like some fucking oh i'm out to offend you this week shit because <laughs> trust me something else i'm gonna say in the episode is probably a lot more offensive but yeah, and so because I know that some people are sensitive about that word. Myself personally, I am too. But every now and then, it kind kind of kind of slips, you know. Whatever. Sometimes when I'm recording, like I say, like it's kind of weird. Like when I record podcasts, and this was something I had learned when I was recording for Bats, Bows, and Books as well, is that sometimes I talk and I just keep talking, and it's like my mouth moves a lot faster than my brain actually does. So shit comes out sometimes, and then I'm like, ooh. <laughs> shouldn't have said that and as much as yeah i can easily edit things out i can you know i can go back and be like hey i'll take that little two minutes out of that episode but sometimes the shit that you leave in that you didn't edit out is even funnier than when you would edit it so edit it edit it edit it and yeah it sounds like i'm like a fucking broken record but anyways trailer time and then when we get back we'll talk about the boneyard back in a moment Something's happening at the county morgue. Bad. 
tags, Lieutenant Jersey. See? Just give us the tags, will you, Miss Poopin' Plus? Something bad. Are you sure you want to see this? Something very bad. They've got to be warned. Warned? The bodies. The bodies we saw, they're not dead. Welcome to the Boneyard, when a psychic uncovers an ancient curse of the undead. to enter try to leave it's the boneyard from 1991 yeah this movie's a fun one bit weird very low budget and very unknown but it's one from my childhood well I don't know I was a teenager when I first saw it I remember renting the videotape for it but first, let's do the rundown. Let's get all the uh, info out of the way, and then we'll uh, we'll break it apart with the uh, the gore, the blood, and the fugly. So, the Boneyard was released June twelfth, nineteen ninety one. It was a direct to video. Never was in the theaters. Uh, filmed between November thirteenth, nineteen eighty nine, and December twentieth, nineteen eighty nine. So about, what, five weeks? Four or five weeks it was uh, filmed. Directed by James Cummings, who was pretty much kind of an unknown guy in terms of directing. I believe he only directed like five or six films. But he worked on like a shit ton of projects that like some of them were like big names, like The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing, uh, Deep Star Six, Dead and Buried, Enemy Mine, and he worked on a film called The Garbage Pail Kids Movie. Have you ever seen that pile of shit? <clears throat> it's an acquired taste, let's put it that way. 
Now, James Cummings is no longer with us. He passed away December 10th, 2010. Uh, he was only 51. He was, he was young. But, um, so yeah, actually, there's a few people within this film that are no longer with us. But, uh, yeah, so he, uh, aside from directing, he also wrote the, uh, the film for the, like, the Boneyard, or the screenplay, whatever. And it was produced by uh, Richard F. Brophy, Jeffrey Sanfilippo, and Phil Smoot. Uh, cinematography by Earl Dixon, and the music, which you're hearing in the background, uh, was done by John Lee Whitener. And uh, I might add that there's no soundtrack for this. So this theme you're hearing, I kind of ripped from the YouTube video of the full movie because you can watch the full movie on YouTube. Uh, it was also released on VHS, DVD, and as I said, recently, Blu-ray. So the starring cast for this, uh, it's actually a pretty... Uh, I wouldn't say it's like overly super famous, but... There's a few big names in here. Uh, Ed Nelson stars as Jersey Callum. And he wasn't really a um, uh, feature film like uh, actor. He uh, was in a crap ton of TV roles. And I didn't write any of them down because the list went on forever. But he was in. A, he was very well known for TV. Uh, played a lot of like uh, detective roles. I believe in, uh, let's see, he was, well, actually, he was in Police Academy 3. Uh, he played the governor, I want to say it was. He he was in that. And actually, it was funny because when I started watching, uh, like, The Boneyard as, like, because I, I always watch movies before I do my uh, episodes on them. And uh, it was funny because when I was watching the movie, I'm like, oh, fuck, you know, all this, all these years I've watched this, I never realized he was in Police Academy 3. And I just realized it right before I uh, started doing my notes. Which, how bad does that make me sound, eh? But whatever. Fuck off. <laughs> uh, okay, so Deborah Rose. Uh, she plays Allie Oates. And <laughs> coincidentally, this was her last role. Now, I believe she's still alive. There was nothing that said of a death date. So I believe she's still alive. But this was her final role acting. She She never did any more acting after this. Um, and again, was another uh, a TV star. She was in multiple uh, TV shows. Uh, same with our next uh, actor, Norman Fell. Uh, you would best know him from Three's Company. Uh, or, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, Transylvania 6-5000. He's actually in that as a, as a small role. I believe he's the... He's the editor, I believe, who sends Jeff Goldblum's character and Ed Begley Jr.'s character to Transylvania to find out about the, you know, the monsters over in Transylvania. So, yeah, he has a small role in that. Uh, he was also in Chud too, Bud the Chud. But yeah, you would know him best as uh, from Three's Company. He, oh fuck, what was his name in that show? God, you can tell I don't watch it often, or I would remember this shit, but. Uh, he was the landlord, and not Mr. Furley, because that was uh, Don Knotts. It's the other... Oh, fuck. Oh, well, fuck it. And this is a horror podcast. I'm not talking about Three's fucking company, so moving along. Uh, James Eusterman as Gordon Muller, or Mullen, sorry. 
Uh, and he, uh, one other role he had, Space Invaders. That was it. Uh, I think he had like a few short films he was in as well. And he, again, uh, another actor whose career, you know, he did a few things and he stopped acting for whatever reason. I don't know. Uh, Denise Young as Dana. That's the only thing she was in. End of story. So <laughs> that's pretty easy. Uh, her IMDb is very short. Uh, Willie Statford Jr. as Marty. And again, another actor who really didn't do anything. Robert Yun Juan as Chen. And this was his only movie, uh, much like Denise Young. And then, big name, drum roll, blah, 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 blah. Phyllis Diller is in this as Miss Poopinplots. And I'm not fucking lying. That's her name in this movie, Miss Poopinplots. And also, I mentioned this. I It's not often I do this, but the dog, Binny, plays Floofsome. Floofsome. Yeah, that's an interesting name. But anyways, the reason I mentioned the dog's name is because the dog ties into the storyline quite a bit especially near the second half of the film. So as a matter of fact, I wrote down the actor's name. Uh, Michael Hahn plays the floofsome and poopin' plots ghouls. I'll explain that a little bit in a minute. Uh, so, okay, the synopsis of the film, it's uh, kind of long, but kind of not. So I'm just going to read it as it is. The film plunges into the nightmarish experiences of a portly, depressed psychic, Deborah Rose, whose involvement in a grisly child murder case leads her and her detective partner, Ed Nelson, to an imposing fortress-like mortuary. Chen, the owner of the funeral home and prime suspect in the case, claims the three mummified corpses in question are not children, but ancient demons known as Kyoshi. It seems the little monsters have been around for centuries as a result of an age-old curse and can only be placated with offerings of human flesh, with which the mortician has been supplying them his entire life. When Chen is jailed on murder charges, the underfed ghouls awaken in search of dinner, trapping the staff inside the mortuary walls and devouring them. The survivors, including Rose and Nelson, use every means at their disposal to combat the demons which have possessed the bodies of the morgue attendant, Miss Poopinplots, and her poodle, mutating them into hideous monsters. So, for that synopsis, <laughs> synopsis sorry, which would you know seem like you know a write-up you would read on the back of a VHS box cover, because they usually were really long write-ups, you basically get the idea of what happens in this. So, yeah, it's the whole idea of, you know, they show up at this mortuary. They're supposed to be investigating these three children that look like they've been burned alive and whatnot. And you come to find out that they're not actually children. They're ghouls. And when they don't get their offering of human flesh, they awaken and they terrorize the the staff and the detective and his psychic friend and the suicide victim who didn't die. That's interesting in itself. <laughs> I'll explain that in a minute. Um, it, it's, 
it's a slow start to the movie, but I'll tell you, once it hits like about like the halfway point, it's just fucking ludicrous and crazy shit happening, and it's a lot of fun. But before we get into that, quick ratings. Uh, I'll be honest with you, there's not a lot on this movie. <laughs> Very few uh, critic reviews to actually uh, peruse through, so that was kind of easy, but kind of not. Uh, the ratings on IMDb for it, 5.5 out of 10. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes didn't have a critic score, but their audience score was about 48%. So you're looking at about like a half halfway split uh, with both IMDb and Rotten Fuck You Tomatoes. So granted 48%, I'll be honest with you, knowing how people perceive this movie, I I'm not going to bitch because there's a lot of people that even like some of my own immediate, like, you know, circle of friends, they hear that I like this movie and they're like, what are you fucking smoking rocks? Look, I like spookies too. So piss off. But anyways, we're going to jump right into the gore, the blood and the fugly. And I have a, there's quite a bit of notes I wrote down. So I'll try to get through this as fast as I can, you know, uh, who wants to hear me blather on for, you know, long periods of time. But I, I, I'll be honest with you. I love this movie, so I have a lot to talk about. I will start off by saying that Code Red uh, finally gave this movie its Blu-ray release, and I couldn't be happier. I believe the release date for it, I, okay, in Canada, it was April 24th. I think, if I remember correctly, in the States, it was April 20th. They actually, like the U.S. had it four days before us, which was really weird. I don't know why, but that's how it happened. And I had mine on order through Amazon.ca, which, interestingly enough, it uh, I still had to get it from an American vendor because the Canadian release never actually released. And a lot of suppliers here in Canada were ended up getting them from U.S. suppliers just because. So, anyways, I got my copy. I was happy with it. There's a lot of cool shit on it. I haven't watched all the extras yet, but I have watched the movie and whatnot, and I fucking love it. So, anyways, uh, as I stated earlier, it is a classic memory from my teens. Um, I remember, uh, I want to say it was Jumbo Video, I think, was where I rented it the first time, I think. I'm really stretching back trying to remember that. But uh, I remember anyways, though, the VHS box art had this picture of a mutant poodle on the front of it. And as much as I I just had this feeling, I was like, I this is not going to be good. I couldn't resist. I had to fucking see this movie. And I remember I rented it, which actually the VHS rental came with two boxes, depending on where you rented it from. Uh, one promoting it as a horror movie and the other one as a comedy. And the comedy one was the one with the yellow poodle box. And basically the comedy box slip went over top the horror one. So it was like to disguise the movie as a comedy, even though it was supposed to be a horror, which ends up being more of a horror comedy. So, yeah, it was kind of interesting how they did that. Uh, I remember when I rented it the first time, they didn't have the comedy one over top of it because the way they did their casings and whatnot, they usually cut the cardboard up and, slid them into plastic sleeves and whatnot. So I didn't see, I, like, I just remember seeing the, the, the dark demonic poodle. I didn't see the, the, the comedy one or whatever, but whatever is whatever. I remember it attracted my attention. I was like, mm, I probably shouldn't watch this movie. Fuck it. I want it. And I watched it and I'm not going to lie. Uh, 
as I've stated already, the pacing in, in the beginning is kind of slow. It takes a bit to get the story going on. Like, I mean, even within like the first 10 minutes of the movie is Ed Nelson and uh, James Eusterman. They're basically going to um, to the the house where Deborah um, Deborah Rose is. Uh, Allie Oates is her name in the in the movie. They're going to, you know, talk to her and whatnot. And it spends like a good first 10 minutes. It's supposed to be trying to build up suspense. So they're searching around her house and everything and trying to find her. And here she is. She's sleeping in bed. She's got all these covers and shit all over her. And she kind of like raises up like she's the living dead kind of thing and whatnot. But I remember like when you're watching it, and I remember even watching it for the first time thinking, okay, where is this going? Where is this going? These guys have been searching this house for like 10 fucking minutes. What's going on? And you end up... you know, it's like I said, it was supposed to build up suspense. It kind of fails in that area. So, yeah, the beginning is kind of slow. It takes a bit to get the whole story going on at the mortuary. Although you do have Phyllis Diller, which eh, I'd, a little bit more in it on that in a minute. Um, I actually just want to kind of uh, little trivia things that I found out about this movie uh, what through the extras and uh, doing research and whatnot. The producers originally wanted to get Alice Cooper and Clue Gulliger for cameo roles in this film, and I really wish that would have happened. I think if those two had been kind of, you know, plopped into the movie like earlier, it would have given the movie an extra spark that it's kind of lacking in the beginning. Again, like I said, if you can hold it out till the halfway point from the from the like 45 minute mark to the end of the fucking movie is ludicrously fucking crazy and it's a lot of fun but anyways yeah i wanted to add that in there uh the special effects in this movie are fucking great it's one of the reasons why this movie is so dear to me is because of the special effects all practical no cgi and the little like the the child ghouls or whatever they're actually creepy looking it's kind of cool like i don't know how to explain them well if you've been on the facebook page and or on the instagram there's a a picture i posted called and it's a little ghoul going and i the caption was say cheese that's what they look like and they got like slime and goop and they're, they're really well done I don't know that they were actually kids underneath underneath like all the, the latex and the masking and whatnot, but they're pretty fucking cool to look at. Um, actually, uh, before I even get into that, so the film, like I was, as I was saying, like the film starts off with them searching uh, Aliot's home, trying to find her. There was, uh, when they actually started filming this, uh, this movie in November, the actual scene that they started recording with was the last scene in the movie in which it was supposed to be a wedding scene between Gordon and Dana. And that was supposed to be the end of the movie that never ended up being used in the finished film. But I bring that up because the character of Dana is very fucking interesting to me. Let me get this right. So Dana is a suicide attempt victim tried to electrocute herself with a blow dryer in a bathtub. When we first meet Dana, we see her hand come out of the body bag and it's butchered and bloody. Looks like it's all charred up. Everything. So you're expecting that, you know, from top to bottom, that's what she's going to look like. No, actually, when we see her, she's a gorgeous woman whose makeup is even done. 
She has no scratches, no scarring, no blood, no nothing. How her hand ended up bloody and not the rest of her, I'll never fucking know. They even show you the blow dryer. Marty holds up the blow dryer and it's like fucking charred and melted and everything. How did she do this? Like, she must be some form of a creature of the night because there's no fucking way your hand is bloodied and charred. We unzip the rest of the body bag and you're this beautiful woman. Who, if the film had been done the way it originally was intended, would have ended up marrying James Eusterman's character, Gordon. Wait, what? (laughs) What? Seriously? And not to mention, she doesn't have many lines in this film. Why is she even here? She doesn't die. As a matter of fact, uh, I think the only... Well, oh, what did I write? Very low body count, but the black guy dies. Really? Really? Like, (laughs) you killed the black guy. Almost none of the people in... Well, let me think. Hold on. So he dies. I think Norman Fell's character dies. He gets beaten up pretty bad. I think that's it. Like, I think everybody else survives. Well, and not, obviously, Poopin' Plots and her fucking dog. Which, okay, so, getting to Poopin' Plots. Phyllis Diller. Now, I'm not going to lie. I'll be be straight up front with you. I am not a Phyllis Diller fan myself. I always found the woman to be annoying as fuck. I never really cared for her. But in this movie, her overacting and her annoying character is actually a highlight. It works in this movie. I can't believe I'm saying this. And, like, the fucking name, Poopin' Plots. And her dog's name is Floofsome. Like, not, like, you know, it, it's not Fluffy or, you know, um, Fifi because it's a poodle. So it could have been Fifi the poodle. No, it's Floofsome. Like, okay. I would I would have been really cool with the whole idea of, like, you know, it being named Fifi. Because whenever I think of a poodle, I think of Fifi. Don't ask me why. I have no fucking clue. It's just what incorporates in my brain. Um, Let's see. Ed Nelson. He plays, uh, what, uh, fuck, what's his name? Jersey. He plays Jersey Callum, the detective. Uh, he plays it really well. He plays it really well. You can tell that he, he definitely, he's had experience playing that kind of a role. Uh, he's a bit of a trip. He's kind of, you know, eccentric in his own way and whatnot. Uh, I don't know how to really explain it better than that. You kind of have to watch it just to see it. The interesting thing about this film is when I'm watching it, and you can definitely tell a lot of the stars and the actors, and I'm going to go as far as to say I think a lot of the crew that worked on this film, a lot of them worked in TV. And the reason I say that is when you're watching the film, I don't know exactly how to express it, but it looks like you're watching a a made-for-TV movie. It's not a made-for-TV movie. It was direct a video with the intent of putting it in theaters that that never happened but it just it has that made for tv look to it and of course like i say like when you have actors like ed nelson deborah rose james Eusterman, who a lot of the work that they did when they were acting was tv work it just gives off that look and that feel deborah rose is really good in this she's actually quite the highlight uh when i was watching it Kind of the best way to explain what she's like. She reminds me of Melissa McCarthy, but with talent. I leave it, I leave it at that. She she is really good at her role. I, 
comes off a bit bland in the beginning. But again, like I said, as the movie progresses, it gets better. And that's the thing. Like, I've seen and I've read comments online and I've seen different people say, like, they watch this movie and they're like, I can't get through the first 20 minutes. Well, that's the problem. You have to kind of let it go. I know, like, you know, especially in this generation where everybody's got their fucking smartphones out and, you know, they're busy on their fucking Tinder and Facebook and whatnot when they're watching a movie. Or when I, I should say when they should be watching the movie. Uh, but I know it's e- it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to go and, you know, want to go make some popcorn or go jerk off in a corner or whatever the fuck people do when they watch a movie. I understand it's easy to get distracted with this film. But if you can make it past that initial 35, 40 minutes, trust me, the payoff is fucking great in this movie. You're going to see a giant fucking poodle monster chasing them around in a fucking mortuary it's fucking hilarious and when poopin plots when they do the phyllis diller ghoul it reminds me of something like right out of a tim burton film like i almost like i kind of get the envisionment of like beetlejuice when he becomes the big snake on the uh, on the on the banister and he becomes a snake and he's got the the big beetlejuice head that's kind of what poopin plots reminds me of the head wise anyways I mean, she's not a giant snake. She's kind of like this, you know, ogreish, like uh, ogreish, I should say, kind of like monster and whatnot. But it's fucking hilarious. Like just to see, like they they made this like wild creation of what Phyllis Diller would look like as a ghoul, and I might even go as far as to say it's a little bit more attractive than Phyllis Diller was. Uh, no, I'm I'm kidding about that. Um, am I? No. There's actually uh, there's one scene where. One of the ghoul children takes like it, it like rips its like forehead open kind of like thing, and it's it got like this green goop on its fingers, and it like shoves the goop down her throat. It almost makes you want to gag, but it was kind of funny because I remember when I like when I was watching it, what came to my what came to mind this time when I was watching it was I was actually remembering that old Nickelodeon show. You can't do that on television with like the fucking green slime that would they would like dump on the kids and whatnot. That's kind of what that shit looks like, and she fucking has it in her mouth. Do you think she would spit it out? No. Like, I think Phyllis Diller was having just a little too much fun with this fucking movie because she's got the fucking shit just pouring down her, like, out of the sides of her mouth and everything, and she's just leaving it there. She's supposed to be, like, dunking her head in water to, like, try and, like, cleanse herself and whatnot. She doesn't. The fucking green goop is still there. But anyways, it's that goop that's supposed to turn her into like this big giant ghoul as for the dog (laughs) so the dog it comes along and starts like licking up some remains of like one of the ghouls like on on the ground it looks kind of like it's gross because like it looks like fucking puke that the dog is licking i assume it's probably dog food like probably like some canned pate of like pedigree dog food or something it's probably what they put there but that's what the dog uh, like starts licking up and then, you know, like, it's it, it, one of the best parts of this fucking movie is when you, we first meet the floofsome ghoul, as you as they call it. When we first meet it, one of the, the Dana, it's actually, it's uh, the character of Dana. She's looking at this, like, monster, and they're all lined up. There's, like, her, there's uh, Alioats, there's the detectives and whatnot. And they're standing there, and, you know, floofsome comes through the door, and she laughs. And I swear to God, like, that's basically how... 
I reacted when I saw this fucking dog for the first time. I'm like, holy shit, this is fucking hilarious. This giant fucking poodle monster, which if you ask me, poodles are monsters. They're fucking nippy little bastards sometimes. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I understand people love their poodles and whatnot. Okay. I always remember UHF. Today on Raul's Wild Kingdom, we're teaching poodles how to fly. And he throws a poodle out a fucking window. <laughs> like, that's what I always think of when I think of poodles. That and the fact that they're bitey little fuckers. But I remember seeing this for the first time and seeing that dog. And I was like, what the fuck am I watching? I couldn't stop laughing. So when she laughs, like in the movie, it's like, I, I feel you lady. And I don't know how you were a suicide victim with only a charred hand, but Hey, whatever. I'm, you know, now I think about it. Maybe what it was is when she had like the blow dryer, she had it in her hand and she put it in the water and maybe it's just her hand that got charred. I don't know. I, maybe she wasn't actually in the tub. I don't know. Fuck. They don't really explain it. All they show you is the blow dryer and she's a suicide victim. But, um, yeah, so uh, you have to watch this, if anything, for the ghouls. The, like I said, there's, there's not a lot of killing in this. Uh, like I said, like the body count is really low, I believe. Uh, Norman Fell's character, which he's like the um, like the uh, mortuary doctor, uh, mortician, I guess, or whatever. He's kind of that guy. He, if I remember correctly, he dies and the black guy dies, which, of course, the black guy, by the way, is Marty. Uh, but um, I just remember when, like, you know, and the black guy is the first one to die. And I'm like, really? Really? We're going to we're going to ham up this stereotype like <laughs> good job. But um, I don't know. It, the ghouls themselves, they look so cool and everything. One thing that definitely stood out, and I, I made note of it this time around when I was watching it, is that you can definitely see the work of James Cummings, or Cummins. It's not Cummings. I'm Cummings when I watch this. No, but <laughs> um, you didn't want to know that. But anyways, no, James Cummins. Uh, you can definitely see his special effects and makeup uh, background that it's coming through. Like you can tell, like you put a lot of detail into, especially the three children ghouls. Uh, there's a lot of cool detail in that. And it's no surprise. Like, I mean, the man worked on, you know, the thing with, uh, James, uh, J James Carpenter, John Carpenter. Um, he, he, you can see that there was a lot of, uh, like you can see like that he had experience and he knew what he was doing. He knew how to make something look good. And I mean, the boneyard, Let's put it this way. This is such a low-budget film. There, There's nowhere to find out how much they actually spent on this fucking movie. Uh, <laughs> that's how low-budget it is, is that they didn't even fucking announce it. But, and uh, my one of my final notes that I wrote down is, uh, and this is me talking because you guys know, like, I, I pay attention to musical scores and whatnot. The music is fucking great in this movie. Sadly, no soundtrack. Like I said, in order for me to incorporate the music at the beginning of this segment, I had to basically like rip the audio from the YouTube, um, like the YouTube video that is the full movie on there. Which, by the way, if you want to watch this and you don't want to pay a cent for it, go on YouTube. It's on there. Look up Boneyard 1991 full movie. It'll give it to you. Um, the quality is not the greatest. I believe it. It actually looks like it was ripped from a VHS tape. But hey, you know what? You can see it. It, it. It's clear enough. If you if you're not willing to buy the Blu-ray, which I'm going to subliminally say buy the Blu-ray. But anyways, 
it's awesome. I love this movie. This movie is a beautiful little hidden gem. It's a great film. Yes, it starts slow. And I, I know I've said that a couple times when doing this review. It does start slow. And I understand that. It's a bit of a slow burn in the in, in the beginning. The second half makes up for it, though. It is just so much fun. Uh, predictable? Yeah, it's predictable. Who the fuck cares? Most horror films today, if you've wa- if you've been around the block and you've watched enough horror films, they're predictable. It's the way it is. It's like, you know, people that read comic books all the time or that, like, you know, watch their superhero shows and they'll say these shows are predictable. If it's something they are very much uh, incorporated with or have had in their lives for many years, yes, things become predictable with time. It's like people that play video games. After a while, they just know the mechanics to the controller. Not me, but (laughs) there are a lot of people that are like that, and it's because they've done it so much they know it. With this, yes. Predictable, a bit. Slow start, yeah. Second half, makes up for it. It's a 7 out of 10. That's that's my rating on it. I I will go above and beyond. I know it has a 5.5 on IMDb, 48% off Rotten Tomatoes. I say it's that much better. It's a 7 out of 10 for me. I fucking love this movie. I have loved this movie for a long time. And I'm so glad that there was finally a Blu-ray release for it because it is something else, man. It's just, it's fun. It's a nice, I watched it on a Sunday afternoon. You know, it was raining outside. It was shitty. It wasn't like I was going anywhere. Plopped it in, wrote some notes, watched it, had a good time with it. That's, that's this movie. And that's the end of my review. So that's that. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. I don't have a lot in terms of news. I have two stories. One, I kind of already leaked by accident. But um, yeah, like I said earlier in in the episode, I kind of want to push the news headlines to the the end of the episode just in case, you know, there's something that ever I would report and people will be like, well, fuck, I didn't want to know that. I didn't want you spoiling that or whatever, you know, the, the story may be. I figure if it's at the end of the episode, then they've, you know, whoever doesn't want to hear my beautiful, sexy, attractive voice. <laughs> I'm kidding. But anyways, if you don't want to hear the news segment, you know, you've heard the main beef. You've heard the, the intro and whatnot. You can hit stop if you want. I'd prefer you didn't. But if you do, you do. It is what it is. But anyway, so two stories, and they're not super huge or anything, but I, I, I wanted to make mention of them because on Twitter recently, like last early last week, Tony Todd was really cool because a fan was saying something about they wanted to watch Candyman. Candyman was not on uh, Amazon. I believe that was where they were looking was Amazon prime to stream it. It's not on there. It's hard to find online. It's hard to find in Blu-ray. As a matter of fact, it's even hard to find DVD. I recently just scored a DVD that I was lucky enough to find it, but it's, it's a hard movie to find, but nowhere on Blu-ray until he finally mentioned something because somebody wrote that they couldn't find the movie. They wanted to watch it. And his tweet specifically was, Wait for the new 4K restoration of Hashtag Candyman with off-screen commentary with Bernard J.M. Rose coming soon. And, of course, the fucking internet went... They blew up. Because, yes, as Tony Todd has announced, we will be getting a Candyman release in 4K on Blu-ray. And it's basically coming sometime this year. 
or it could be early next year, but I believe it's it's going to be this year. So that's some uh, pretty cool news. Bloody Disgusting even reported about it. And, of course, like I, you know, I even went on Twitter and like hunted down his tweet and whatnot. I was like, oh, shit, he did say that. So that's awesome. Um, and basically, as Bloody Disgusting had said, like more details as we learn them. And that's basically all of us right now. I don't know what the specifications will be for extras and, you know, whether it'll be interviews, gag lines or, or um, gag reels, <laughs> gag lines. I'm thinking of tag lines. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot they can do with a Blu-ray release. So I'll be interested to see what happens. Be kind of cool if maybe there was even like a, you know, a director's cut possibly. But I don't know so much about that. <laughs> And then the other story, as yes, I mentioned earlier in the episode, very sad news, as a matter of fact, was reported while I was recording last week's episode. I didn't find out about it till after I was done recording. Rest in peace, Margot Kidder. Yes. Uh, primarily known as Lois Lane. Yes. And I do know that. And I grew up watching those Superman movies. So, yes, I, she is Lois Lane. Uh I'd even go as far as to say she's probably the best Lois Lane we've had. Uh, definitely in terms of live action. Although uh, I did... Okay, I'm a Smallville fan. I did enjoy the show. Erica Durance was pretty fucking good as Lois Lane. I'm not I'm not going to take away from her. She was, she was actually really good. But, I mean, Margot Kidder is the one that everyone thinks about. It, it's her iconic role. But one thing that was kind of upsetting me... Uh, not obviously very extreme or anything, but something I was noticing was certain facets of the media were kind of overlooking the fact that Margot Kidder was also once a scream queen. Uh, obviously not to the level of Jamie Lee Curtis or Janet Lee or whatnot, but she had her stint in horror, uh, pri- uh, most predominantly known for uh, Black Christmas and the Amityville Horror from 1978. But she was also, like, she was in episodes of uh, different TV series, including HBO's Tales from the Crypt and an episode of the Hunger TV series. And what was the other one? Shit. Something Night. Fuck. Why can't I remember the shit? I should have written it down, and I didn't. But um, she was also in a film called The Clown at Midnight, which came out in 1999. Uh Aside from horror, she also was she had a recurring role on Smallville, and she did a lot of TV movies and whatnot. I, I the reason I bring all this up was because basically people were saying she was known as Lois Lane and did pretty much nothing afterwards, and it's like that's you're that's full of shit. And furthermore, she the reason she was noticed for the role of Lois Lane was because of uh, you know her role in Black Christmas. And the Amityville Horror, which came out the same year as the Superman film. Like, she she had her dip in, in the horror genre as well. Like I said, not a scream queen to the level of, like, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis or Karen Black or Janet Lee or whatnot. But she she still was a, a, a force to be reckoned with within the horror genre. And so I, I felt like I, I wanted to acknowledge that through my podcast uh it, regardless of how you envision or remember margot kidder she did pass away at the age of i want to say 59 and she, no 69 i think it was 69 anyways she passed away she was young uh let's put it that way she, it, too soon and you know 
it is it it's sad when you have to report the passing of someone but unfortunately it's the way the world works we live we die and but she left she left behind her a, a decent legacy and so i i wanted to from my podcast say you know rest in peace margot kidder thank you for the memories I do love those Superman films, but I also love my horror films like Black Christmas and the Amityville Horror. Amityville Horror, I might also add, was the first movie that I ever watched that actually gave me nightmares. So that's saying something because I remember watching The Exorcist at a very young age and laughing at it because I didn't understand it. I thought it was kind of funny that this little girl's spitting out pea soup, but <laughs> got older and then I was like, oh, that's what that movie was about. Oh, fuck. But I mean, when you, that's the thing, when you're like five, six years old and you don't understand everything, sometimes you can watch a horror movie and laugh at it because you don't understand it, get a bit older. And then you're like, oh, fuck, that's what I was laughing at. Oh, all right. Well, too bad. But Amityville Horror was uh, it was a movie that definitely spooked me, especially for the fact of the, like the last five minutes of the movie when the dog is in the basement scratching at the wall and like the family's already left and it's like somebody go get that dog. The dog dies, I riot. Like, it's that simple. <laughs> so, anyways, that's that. I would like to, uh, I've already said it. I'm going to say it again. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Where you can find me, um, obviously, you uh, you know where you found the podcast because you're listening to it. So, whether it be iTunes, Google, uh, Podcast Attic, um, uh, Castbox. There's there's a whole bunch of different apps and different ways of, of hearing the podcast. So you you know you probably found it there, or you can go on nextlevelradioonline.com uh, because this is a, a production of the Next Level Network. So you can always find the podcast there uh, to contact me, uh, whether it be through Facebook, Facebook at uh, facebook.com/slash What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero, Instagram at what lurks behind podcast zero, which you Instagram people, I fucking love you guys. Everything I post, no matter what it is, it's like, 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 comment, comment, like, comment, like, comment. It, you guys, are, I, I fucking love you. Um, that's not to say that I don't love the people on Facebook. Facebook with their fucking algorithms. There's times that I'll post something. It'll be like two people saw this. I'm like, what? Two fucking people. I have 47 followers. Fuck you. Goddamn Facebook can suck my dick. But anyways, moving on. Then there's Twitter. Uh, Twitter, sometimes I get likes, sometimes I don't. I I will openly say it right now. I'm not a big Twitter fan. I've said that many times. So if people follow me, hey, great, thank you. If not, don't worry about it. You're not breaking my heart because it's not breaking my heart to be on the fucking thing in the first place. I, I just have a thing with Twitter. It's nothing. It's nobody in you know in particular. I just I Twitter is just not my thing. But I'm on there at WLB podcast underscore zero uh, letterbox.com. I haven't uh, written one since what movie was it? I just, Oh, I watched this movie called devil, which I'm sure some of you listeners probably had seen it before. When I had never seen this movie. It was kind of weird. Uh, there's a 24 seven horror channel that I found on the internet and they stream horror movies literally 24 seven. It's like one after another, after another, it never stops. I love this. Like, internet station anyways i was fucking around the one day i'm like well i'll put that on while i'm like doing some cleaning or whatnot never got the cleaning done because this movie was on there and i think i had only missed like maybe the first like five minutes so i didn't see the title of what the movie was but i'm like never seen this before 
So I kept watching it, you know, five people in an elevator and they're dying one by one. And you're trying to figure out who done it, kind of deal, you know, whatnot. Come to find out at the end of the movie, I'm like, okay, I recognize some of the actors' names. So I'm on IMDb looking up, you know, these actors and looking up the movies they're in. I come to find out it's this movie called Devil from 2010 by M. Night Shyamalan. I fucking love that movie. Anyways, I think that was the last review I wrote. I know, a long story to get to that. But, yeah, interesting movie. Uh, I'd never seen it before. I'll admit, I'm not the biggest fan of M. Night Shyamalan. Some of his movies I like, some of them I don't. Uh, So it's, I'm kind of hit or miss with him. But this one I'd never even heard of. How it got past me, I'll never know, but it happens. You know, there's some movies that'll come out and people will be like, did you see that movie? I never even fucking knew it was out. Meanwhile, there's movies that I'll watch, like, you know, The Dead Hate the Living, and half my friends are like, where the fuck did you find out about this movie? It's the way it happens. But anyways, letterbox.com slash WLB underscore podcast zero. You can find me there. Uh, Feel free to read some of the reviews. I know that I've been informed that some people laugh at my reviews because they can't believe I like the movies I do. Kiss my ass. Moving on. Redbubble.com slash people slash podcast number zero. I haven't put any new designs on there yet. You will probably notice uh, within the week I will be putting the logo for the Bats, Bows, and Books podcast on there simply because it is a, a big part of why I do what I do, what led to me doing what I do, and I I, I want to give it its props. So that logo will probably show up on there. Feel free to buy a shirt. Feel free to spread the word, whatnot. Tell people, hey, that's where you got to start, you know. That's that's what I'm going to be putting it there for. Uh as for new designs, I haven't really had the time yet, so I'm hoping to very soon have some time to tinker around with some images and whatnot and uh, possibly get a few new designs on there. But that's it. That's it for me. I'm going to let you all go now and live your happy lives. Uh, next week's episode is one I'm definitely excited to talk about. Dario Argento's Suspiria. I fucking love this movie. And again, another one that I recently just scored a Blu-ray for. And I haven't watched it since I got the Blu-ray. So I'm looking forward to cracking into this one and just seeing it in its beautiful, like, fucking 1080p fucking beautiful picture on my screen. Like, I love the soundtrack. I love the movie. I love everything about this. The, the, the version I had before was, like, a really crappy DVD version where it's, like, it's not even like full widescreen. It's like got the bars on the sides and shit like that. It's really bad transfer. But I've always, you know, watched it through that because it was like, okay, well, it's a spirit. I can watch it through there. And then, of course, you know, you can watch it on the internet and find nice, you know, Blu-ray cuts and whatnot. But I never actually had owned the Blu-ray. And when they did the re-release just a couple, I want to say about a month ago, I ordered one through Amazon and got it, and I was so happy, but I haven't broken it apart yet. It's like, it's time to break this bitch in. So I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to watching it. I'm looking forward to talking about it. I love this fucking movie. So that's going to be next week's episode. But, again, thank you so much. Uh, Thank you for listening to me talk about both the Bats, Bows, and Books podcast and the Boneyard. And remember that poodles are evil. That's all I'm going to say. Have a great week, everybody. Bye now.